for Mike. This is Girls Nostalgia. podcast where we share our journeys, our struggles, our wins, and our dreams. I'm your host, Yesenia. Thank you so much for listening today. We have an awesome show today. Mary Ann, aka Que Madre, will be joining us. Um, Mary Ann is a mujer, part of the Latinx community. She is a mother. She's a tourist. She is a Boyle Heights native. She's a music curator, a DJ, a mobility and social justice advocate, amongst other things and I can't wait for you guys to hear the conversation that I had with her it's amazing you're gonna learn so much you're gonna be like dang girl you out here shining I had no idea so so excited for you guys to get to listen to that but first let's jump into segment number one so what's good so what's going good in my life um a lot of people supported me and a lot of people bought some tote bags so I just want to shout y'all out um shout out to Erica Lorena uh Naomi um, Nikki, uh, Cassie, Misha, Noemi, Stevie and Munch, Leonard, Daisy, Sarah. Thank you guys all for purchasing a tote bag. Um, if I'm missing anybody, I'm sorry, but, um, I am so just feeling grateful for everybody who supported, um, that and tote bags are still available, uh, for, for sale there on the, uh, the 314 website, which is linked to the Instagram. So thank you guys so much. That's amazing. Another thing that's going amazing is I'm just feeling really supported and, and um, feeling really good. Um, my friends are really showing up for me, man. Um, it hasn't been the, the easiest like start to this year because of like just losing um, Becca last year, last November. So it's been tough, but like I have had a few conversations and my friends are just being there for me. So shout out to Nikki, man. She was like, girl, I got you. And I'm like, girl, you got a baby. But she's like, I got you. So I'm just... Man, that emotional support and just even just talking to her and venting just felt amazing. Shout out to my girl Steph too, man. She cracks me up and like we had to schedule a phone date because obviously she's a mother as well and she got so much to do. She's a boss bitch. So um, it was like, okay, let's schedule our phone call. And then we made sure that we were available. And Lorena too. Shout out to her. I got to talk to her for a little while last week. Um, so I just been having... Um, a lot of support. Um, also, my future sister-in-law, Lucy, she's just really been there for me. I'm going to marry into the family that she married into. So it's like she gets everything. So she's such a person that has so much love and wisdom to give. So I'm really appreciative of her. Another good thing, um, therapy is going awesome. Making some more self-discoveries. Um, understanding different aspects of myself, why. Like I'm a person that craves connection and I kind of got to the bottom of why. And it's a little bit of a trip. Another thing is that that I'm just kind of learning is like I have to let go of certain like fantasies that I have of how I want people to be. It's like, no, they're going to show up how they can show up. And if they can't give me what I want from them, then I got to either um, be cool with it and tolerate it or be like, nah, I'm good. Um, another good thing, Valentine's Day was fun. Me and Anthony got to go to California Adventure. We have passes now for Disney and California Adventure. So that was fun. Um, we also started premarital uh, counseling with uh, like a Christian-based premarital counseling. And um, it was good because now we're defining roles. 
and uh, what is the role of a wife or or what is the role of a husband but most more so like what do we want from one another and um it's it's interesting because the things that I want from him are the things that he like that's part of his role a lot of eye-opening moments in that so that's cool we just started that yesterday um another good thing oh we checked off a few things off of our wedding list we got our videographers we got our dj and we got our caterer so that's awesome things are coming together little by little we're less than four months away and i'm not gonna lie like that's a trip i can't wait for this the day to come and like have everything put together because like just putting it together is like a headache I got an organizer though, and I really love checking things off and breaking things down. So that's actually really helpful for me. So what's like not so good? Kobe passed away. So RIP to Kobe and Gigi and everybody that was in the helicopter. But it was really triggering for me. um, And it really brought up some feelings about Anthony's sister passing away. So that was like hard and like made it just I was that week. I was just super low and super like sad. And I was just like, man, like. I why like again like Nipsey passed Becca passed like now Kobe and his daughter and like a bunch of other like it was just I just felt some a lot of sadness and it just kind of resurfaced and it made me like just sad all over again and obviously you're you know people mourn and grieve um the way that they do and over time it's not like something that happens overnight so I'm just like it's just sad when somebody who's like super healthy and has a lot of life to live especially like Kobe's daughter and those other girls that were on that helicopter when some like something so tragic like that happens like one second you're here and this next second you're not and I think like I mean we know that but when it happens close to you and you see it in front of your face you're just like hey that's real like that's true what they say it's just that R.I.P. to Kobe man um another bad thing I mean me and Anthony have been really tested in the past month and a half maybe two months obviously ever since his sister passed away it's been really difficult anyway because it's just like a really stressful time and then on top of that we're planning a wedding and about to become husband and wife so it's just a lot of it's just a a very testing time right now and it's not easy but we're trying to use our resources and we're trying to break things down and communicate in the best way that we can and I you know what we when we finally break it down and finally like try to communicate and do it to the best of our ability like we get there and we're like oh like okay we good like we're okay and there's so many people in our and around us that love us and support us that are always like just down to be there for us especially like anthony's brother and his sister-in-law they're amazing people they know us so they're like they're just there for us you know and so we're just learning to to take the tools that we have and be able to communicate in such a like crazy time in our lives but we're just we're in a really good place right now and I'm just really grateful for that um so new goals for the for the month of February going into March I'm just continue to check some things off of my list wedding to-do list um so that's one thing work has been busy still getting a little bit of overtime in because I'm trying to pay for this dang wedding um but now another goal is like working out at least a few times a week now that everything is kind of quieting down and we're getting closer to the wedding, I just really got to buckle down. So, um, yeah, they give us like a, a certain amount of money for how, like wellness at work. So I'm going to use that towards going to the gym. And like, I also, I love just being outside and working out. So I think I'm going to run the track sometimes, um, after, after work. So I'm going to work on that as well. Um, and another thing is just continue to commu- communicate with my partner. 
just be be and, and communicate from a place of love and be patient and ask him like hey what do you need from me right now and then tell him hey this is what i need from you right now so people say communication is the key and they say that for a reason so let's actually jump into our conversation with mary ann i'm so excited for this i hope you guys enjoy it um let's talk to her now damn, damn. 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 So joining us today is Marianne, aka K Madre. K Madre. K Madre. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for being down to do this because, you know, I know you're a private person. I know that this is out of your comfort zone. And I don't know, I just really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Yay. So I just want to share a little backstory about how I met Marianne. Uh, basically last April at Frank Ocean Night, I met her. I think it was Erica who sent it to me. I think she just happened to come across it because Erica follows like a bunch of accounts online on IG and she sent it to me. And then like, we ended up like having a whole crew come out. We like vibed out. And like from there, we kind of, I just like was like, oh, she's cool. She's a cool DJ. And then like the more that I kind of knew about you and got to know you, I was like, dang, like clearly she has good music taste, but also, I don't know, like her story just became like inspiring and interesting to me. And I'm like, man, I want to know more about her. So I don't know, like little by little, we just start talking and then now you're here. (laughs) So now you get to, yeah. And now you get to share a little bit about your journey. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really nervous, but um, (laughs) it's going to be good. (laughs) It's going to be good. Don't worry. We're not going to say anything too crazy. Nothing. No, no, no. (laughs) So let's jump in. Let's talk about it. Um, talk to us. Tell us your name, your DJ name, where you're from, all that good, that good stuff. Yeah. So hi, everybody. Uh, my <laughs> name is Marianne Aguirre. I go by DJ Quemadre. Um, I am from Boyle Heights. Uh, I moved around a lot as a kid, um, but definitely consider Boyle Heights my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my mom uh, moved here from, my mom and her family moved here from Mexico, Um she was about seven years old and they moved to Boyle Heights. Uh, my dad didn't move to Los Angeles until he was about 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my dad's side of the family is in Mexico. All my mom's side of the family is here. I was born uh, in Boyle Heights at White Memorial Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so were my siblings. Um, but at six months, I moved to El Centro, which is this town bordering Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, really close to Mexicali in Calexico, about four hours from Los Angeles. Um, and about six, uh, when I was about like six years, moved back to LA mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I moved to Norwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, I moved to Linwood for a couple years. Um, and in between there, uh, I would kind of go back and forth of living in Boyle Heights at my grandparents' mm-hmm. house. Uh, my parents would separate and get back together mm-hmm. a lot. So um, that's kind of why I moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, after Linwood, Bull Heights, back to Linwood, and then I actually moved to the Inland Empire. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was really funny because I think when we were, like, talking, I was like, I have some roots in, in the Inland Empire in Fontana. Uh, so I lived in Fontana for about, I want to say, like, a year and a half or two years. <laughs> Finished eighth grade there. Went to my first year of high school there. So I went to A.V. Miller High School. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to A.V. Miller. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I lived in the Inland Empire for a little bit. That's funny. Um, yeah. Moved back uh, right before I was going to start sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, and right before I was going to start sophomore year and I moved back to Boyle Heights, um, my parents, that was like kind of the... That was like the last. They didn't get back together after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pretty rough, interesting childhood. Um, yeah. Really hard. 
uh, just kind of growing up in like a um, broken home, mm-hmm. but definitely like besides the fact like it was still very loving mm-hmm. um broken home but you know i love my mom i love mm-hmm. my dad mm-hmm. i'm not as close to my dad as i would really like to be mm-hmm. um but i love him how was like high school so you came back to Boyle heights sophomore year what was that like what was your experience in high school yeah uh i feel like it was like interesting like somewhat polar opposites living in an empire going to <laughs> freshman year of high school there um like i was really into like kind of emo, screamo music, you know, like, I love Circus Survive, like, I love, like, I don't know, just different types of music. Um, but when I moved back um, to Boyle Heights, I got really into, like, like Radiohead, mm-hmm. Portishead, uh, I don't know, I like Queen. <laughs> I loved, like, I don't know, just different types, different types of music, mm-hmm. uh, really influenced by one of my cousins who I was living with at the time. She was about four years older than me. So I was, like, 15, she was mm-hmm. 19, and she was really, like, she was really influential mm-hmm. to me um, mm-hmm. with music and just like, I don't know, like the way I dressed. Mm-hmm. And like when I left Fontana, I it was like really sudden, really abrupt. So I left like a lot of things at the Aww. house that we were living in Fontana, which like clothes included. And so when I lived with my cousin, it was like we would share clothes, mm. like we would go thrift <laughs> shopping all the time. So, yeah. you know, and we were like kind of the same body type. So um, I would take her clothes. So you started basically. thrifting? You started thrifting at that young age? Yeah. I feel that's interesting when people start. Because now I feel like thrifting is such a big thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, sorry, just my mind went there. Yeah, um, no, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, oh my God, like, like, let's go thrifting and like get, you know, $30 thrifted dresses when I'm like, damn, I used to go thrifting. Like, I used to get like the cutest shit for like a dollar or two, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, even growing up, like, I didn't grow up with, like, a lot of money either, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, Goodwill was, like, yep. a go-to mm-hmm. um, for, like, things that we needed for clothes, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it just became innate, and it still is, you know, yeah. innate to go to to Goodwills. Like, I think I was, like, coming here to meet you, <laughs> and I saw Goodwill. I forgot what yeah. street, and I was like, let me go to that Goodwill after. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on Fig. Yeah, so... <laughs> So, okay, so you're influenced in music in high school. What else happened in high school? Like, Yeah, um, so obviously, like, Boyle Heights, East L.A., um, it's, like, the east side of Los Angeles. I think, like, inherently, um, there's just so much culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been previewed to, obviously, um, my mom was really into, like, lowriders. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would go cruising down Whittier Boulevard. <laughs> she always tells me, like, oh, when I was in high school, you know, like, <laughs> cruising down Whittier Boulevard. She lived in the projects. Um she really loved like Motown. She loved um, Romanticas too. So mm-hmm. my mom had like a really big influence on me, like music wise growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and I don't think I really realized that until I kind of started like playing music more yeah. and being like, you know, at a, at a record shop and like looking through music and being like, oh shit, let me get this Juan Gabriel yeah. record, you know, <laughs> like looking through music and just, you know, like figuring out that like my mom had a really big influence on yeah. me because that's a lot of the music that I like collect sometimes you know yeah. so yeah it was it was uh definitely growing up in ball heights had a lot of influence on me and like what I'm into yeah definitely I mean I could see it just by like your demeanor demeanor and the person <laughs> that you are like it's just that's just part of you talk a little bit about um high school and and what you know being a <laughs> getting pregnant at, at, yeah. at such a young age yeah so um I I'm also a mother mm-hmm. um I got pregnant at 16 I gave birth at 17 um, at the time, I was going to Lincoln High School, which is in Lincoln Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I mentioned, I lived in Boyle Heights, but I used my aunt's address mm -hmm. to go to Lincoln High School because I didn't want to go to Roosevelt, which is the main high school in Boyle Heights. Mm -hmm. um, and that was track at the time because it was because of the overcrowding. Mm. They didn't have enough like they didn't have an they didn't have the capacity to hold so many students. So I went to Lincoln High School um, and then I met baby daddy there. His mm -hmm. name is Joaquin. Um, <laughs> I was 15 or 16 when I met him. Um, and we really hit it off. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually met him through the cousin that I was talking about earlier. And yeah, we started dating and, mm -hmm. you know, you're young and mm -hmm. your hormones and, you know, I, I uh, got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was very, it was a very hard um, yeah. time. I don't share it with a lot of folks, but it was very hard time because he didn't want to have Okay. He didn't want to have the baby. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, me, 16 at the time, really, like, in love with this person, you know, wanted mm. to, you know, it was very, like, it was a very vulnerable time for me. Mm -hmm. It was a very, like, like, I was I was a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I tell people, I'm like, damn, I was a baby with a baby, basically. Yeah. Um, he started, like, making my doctor's appointments of, like, to get to see about getting an abortion. Mm -hmm. um, we had talked about it a few times. And I think the big part of me, yeah, I think I struggle back and forth sometimes because it was like, was I scared? Was I scared to have an abortion or was I scared to have a baby? You know, mm. I, I was like, I was kind of scared of both. I, I made that decision of like, no, you know what? Like, this is my body. Um, mm. And I want to make that decision for myself, whether you're here or not. Um, wow. And so when like we had that discussion, my family I ended up telling my family that, or they kind of found out that I was <laughs> pregnant. That's a longer story, which I don't think we have time for right now. But I was at the doctor's for something unrelated. And I like peed in a cup. And then the nurse came out and told my mom that I was pregnant. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> yeah. And I was like, you can't do that. Um, so that's how my mom found out that I was pregnant. Um, and it was, again, like I was at the doctor's office for a completely unrelated issue. Um, I think it was just like a regular checkup or something. Um, so it was really... It was funny. Like, I laugh about it now, but at the time I was like, oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. So, but, like, once, you know, I felt like once my mom found out, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, this, like, weight got lifted off my shoulders. Like, finally my mom knows, you know. Like, I don't have to hide me, like, throwing up in the bathroom, you oh know, gosh. like, anymore. It was it was very, like, hard. It's um, so, it sounds, like, so confusing, too. It's like something's happening to you you're like literally growing a child your mm -hmm. body's changing then mm -hmm. you're like like you said like your hormones especially like when you're a kid everything is so much more intense so I can't even imagine like just having a regular relationship with somebody like as a teen because <laughs> I think about myself as a teen my first boyfriend I'm like oh my gosh yeah. but then on top of that having um being pregnant it's like oh my gosh then your hormones mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then like also feeling unsupported but like he's also like a teen too who's yeah. scared too so it's like you get it but at the same time I'm glad that you made that decision for yourself so that was really like brave of you thank you yeah definitely it was it was very hard like I mentioned um because I felt like for a really like a good amount of time a couple months like I had basically like no support because I couldn't mm -hmm. tell my family he was obviously wasn't supporting mm -hmm. I don't think any I don't think I ended up telling like my other extended family members um so yeah it was just really really hard time for me mm -hmm. um but like I mentioned like once I once my mom found out even mm -hmm. though it was a very interesting way how she found out I was like <laughs> oh my god finally my mom knows you know mm -hmm. and my mom like as angry and upset as she was she was like I think the next day she like came in the room and she's like get up we're going to the doctor's you know let's go mm. like you need to see a doctor now like let's go to the OBGYN you know yeah. and that was the first time that I actually went to the doctor was when my mom took me 
And I found out there that I was four months pregnant. Oh, shit. So, so you didn't even know you were that far I didn't even along? know. I never knew how far along I was or anything. Um, wow. And so the first time, like, I heard the baby's heartbeat Aww. was with my mom, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's very, like, love my mom. And yeah. as, like I mentioned, as angry as she was, she was, like... She showed up for you. She did, definitely. Um, and, yeah, I think couple months like obviously down the line like her dad became more and more supportive mm-hmm. um so he started coming around more um and so yeah we ended up moving in together with my my, my mom and my brother mm-hmm. um and it was just you know very interesting again like very young like a, like two babies with a baby you know like what do you do mm-hmm. when you're a teenager like <laughs> I was like it was again very hard um I like nobody tells you obviously how to mother no yeah. I, you know and you're never prepared for it I think no matter what age you are yeah. like I talk to folks now everybody who are says like, that yeah there's re- a reason why people say that <laughs> yeah there really is a reason you know um and I would I would at least like to say that even more so like when you're a teenager oh you know gosh. when you haven't even like I don't experience know experience life. yeah exactly <laughs> um exactly so yeah it was very difficult um and then I think uh, with her dad as like I tell people like damn as like much of like a jerk sometimes like he was not sometimes but much of a jerk he was when like I was pregnant mm-hmm. um and in our relationship like he's a great dad mm-hmm. no matter what you know mm-hmm. like he's an amazing dad um and obviously like our relation I'm not with him our relationship uh didn't work out mm-hmm. but um I'm grateful that he's such a great dad and we're really able to co-parent mm-hmm. um I would like to say really well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. That's like very, a, not the same story that a lot of other people have. So. Yeah. <laughs> How was, um, tell me a little bit about your daughter's early years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I mentioned, um, we, her dad and I had separated. I want to say, oh man, um, we were together until she was about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We separated for a while. Um, when we had separated, because uh, we were living with my mom at the time. So when we had separated, I he moved to, like, a friend's house mm-hmm. because... And the reason why he, we separated was he was like, I need to find myself. And I was like, what do you need to find, homie? You and everybody else. I, for real, I was like, well, you need to find yourself here as a dad, like, you know, with me, um, the mother of your child. So, but, you know, you're 19 you're at the time. He's People a year older than People say that when they're 30. Yeah. Like, please. Yes. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, he was like, I think he was 19 at the time, maybe 20. I was, you know, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he needed to go find himself. I was like, all right. <laughs> That's why we we separated. And it was obviously a very hard time for me. But I was like, all right. Um, my mom had moved to Downey with my brother. Um, so I was like, all right, where am I going to go? I was like, I don't want to move to Downey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up, I ended up like moving renting a room out at a friend's house or a mutual a friend of a friend's house and I got on like I got on welfare mm-hmm. I was like on food stamps mm-hmm. um and yeah like I lived like that for for a while mm-hmm. um I ended up like going to school taking some classes at school um community college and I also um had like a little part-time job mm-hmm. I didn't have a car mm-hmm. so I would take public transportation everywhere mm-hmm. I remember I would take like what is it I would take the bus to the red line mm-hmm. to Union Station and then like get off uh on Hollywood and Western and walk <clears throat> because I didn't have a car mm-hmm. um I had a bike at the time and I started mm-hmm. riding my bike a lot um my daughter was still fairly young so I had like one of those bike trailers that mm-hmm. I would like take her around um to like daycare I would go to the grocery store like that I would like go to the laundromat like that 
you found so. a way though i feel like that's so respectable like you were like this is what i have this is the hand that's been dealt and like all right, let's figure it out. Yeah. Definitely. That's crazy. I love that picture of you. There's a picture of you on the bike with your daughter. Mm-hmm. It's so, I love that picture. Thank you. <laughs> it's super, super cute. I think I tried like riding my bike with her one of the last times. I think she was like six or something. I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, you, you too big for me to do this. You need to ride your own bike now. So you mentioned that um, you guys separated for a little while, but I understand that you guys got back together mm-hmm. for a little while as well. Yeah. So after that, um, when I was renting that room out with a friend, um, we ended up getting back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we had like a discussion. It was like, all right, like we want to do this obviously for the, for Leia. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, like, let's try to make this work like one more time. Like if this doesn't work, then it's, it's not meant to be mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was very hesitant at the time because obviously like myself growing up, um, with my parents like mm-hmm. separating getting back together like I'm, i didn't want to obviously like continue that yeah um, break the cycle i wanted to definitely break that um you know and i would talk to my mom about the reasons why she would get back with my dad and she would be like well i don't you know for you guys and i'm mm. like don't do it for me you know <laughs> like yeah and i remember like very specifically when i was young fifth grade or something she told me that and i was like no like for what like don't do that for me you know Aww. so you know like I remember that so vividly in that conversation so vividly at like fifth grade, you know, so I'm like, I know the impact that these these things have on mm-hmm. your kids. Yeah. So definitely wanted to break that. Um, but, you know, I loved him and I cared about him and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's try, you know, yeah. um, we think I want to say we were back together for about another year and a half. Um at the time when we got back together, um, I had a friend that I've known that I had, I had known for a while. Um, and. Um, living in Boyle Heights there, mm-hmm. and even obviously today, um, there's obviously this like really big tension on like gentrification, mm-hmm. um, with being, you know, so close to downtown being yep. like, you know, just very appealing, um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously Los Angeles and like California and internationally, yeah. nationally has like, you know, this history of like gentrification mm-hmm. and people being pushed out of like communities. Yeah. Um, and so there was this market in Bull Heights down the street from where I used to live. It's a CBS now, but yeah, um, I've been to that CBS too. Yeah. It's on, um, it's like really close to, uh, Cesar Travis and Soto. Yeah. Um, but basically there was a market that was there. And when I was living up the street at that friend's house, I would go to that market um, to shop there because mm-hmm. again, I, that was the closest market to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the best, um, produce at all, but mm-hmm. I'm like, there's nothing else that's near me, to. you know? And I had to, because I didn't have a car. Yeah. So I would walk there, you know, with Leia, uh, <laughs> with my little grocery bag. And like, that's how I go shopping for groceries. Um, and so they had closed it down and they wanted to build a pharmacy there. And it was like, why are you going to build a pharmacy when there's literally like, four other like local pharmacies within like a half a mile radius um it didn't make any sense yeah um and so my friend natalie um she was like hey like let's start this group like we want to try to push back on this development that they're gonna they're gonna build here Mm -hmm. um and so i was like all right like let's do it um Mm. there was this community space that was on first street it's on first and cummings it's not there anymore um, but it was called Corazón del Pueblo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had met some folks there. Um, and they heard about the work that we were doing. And they're like, hey, like, you all can use this space to mm, do your meetings. That's nice. I like yeah. That. <clears throat> um, and so we would meet there every Friday for a couple hours. Um, and then 
other people from like Boyle Heights in the community, they started coming to these meetings. And so we were definitely gaining momentum. Um, we would do like surveying across mm-hmm. like Cesar Chavez and talking to like local businesses and like trying to ask them like, how do you feel about this like pharmacy coming in? Do you mm-hmm. think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Um, I was about, like, I want to say I was about like, tw- I was 20 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Leia's dad and I got back together, um, I would still obviously attend these meetings mm-hmm. every Friday. Yeah. And so he, that was something that I had never necessarily done before, or at least like didn't in- something that I was doing without him mm-hmm. um, and it was like an issue for him mm-hmm. um, he didn't understand why I needed to go to these meetings he didn't understand like why I wouldn't want to be there with him and my daughter mm-hmm. um, and I was like what are you talking about and actually I would take my daughter to these meetings sometimes. and also it's because of your daughter that you like would walk with her to the exactly, store exactly to feed her <laughs> yeah. and it was like that's the bigger but he he just didn't get it yeah he didn't um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was like, <laughs> there's much more than just like, let me go to this meeting. It was yeah. like, no, there was much more like to it than mm-hmm. that um, for me uh, and for other folks too, you know? Yeah. Um, so he he didn't like that. Uh, and so I think that um, started sparking a lot of um, problems with Disagreements, us. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely disagreements and problems. And he's like, well, if you don't want to be here, like, you know, it doesn't seem like you want to be here. You don't seem you want to be like, work this out. And I'm like, that's not. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, so we ended up separating. That was the last time we had separated. Um, also, very difficult time in my life. I, When we had separated, I moved to this studio mm-hmm. uh, in Boa Heights. We were living, him and I were living in El Sereno at the time. Um, and so I moved to this studio, dinky-ass little studio, <laughs> um, very grimy, like, I pass by it now because it's still there. I pass by it because it's, like, down the street from my, where I currently mm-hmm. live. And I'm just like, damn. Like, <laughs> I fucking used to live there. Grimy Little Studio, 700 bucks a month. And, like, at the time where I was working, I, like, it was, like, so expensive for me. Yeah. It was, like, damn. Like, I was barely getting by. Yeah. Um, I wasn't on, um, uh, like, social, social services anymore mm-hmm. um, because I didn't qualify for it anymore because apparently, like, I had made too much. Um, mm-hmm. but I was also like, damn, like y'all say I make too, make too much, but I'm like, I st- like, I'm barely, barely getting by. It, yeah. yeah. Um, which is obviously like, that's, I'm no different than like many other people, you know, living under the poverty line at the time. It was very hard. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I like joke about it sometimes with like my mom, but I'm like, damn, like, or I've like told, you know, folks, I'm like, I used to like hit up my mom and ask her like what she was going to do for dinner. Mm. Um, because I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, we're hungry, you yeah. know? Like, you're going to make, you know, like, yeah. you're going to make dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what's up? You know, like, what are you going to do? Like, you, you know, you want to, like, hang out with me and Leia? Um, and it was, like, my way of being like, damn, like, I don't have that much money for food right now. Like, what are you going to do? You know? But I never explicitly would be like, I'm really broke right now, you know? Yeah. Um, I need help. Yeah. So, yeah, again, very difficult time in my life. But I was still um involved in the community work that I was doing mm-hmm. um I was um I then got a job um at this local nonprofit mm-hmm. um and so you know things started getting a little bit better worked at this nonprofit um and it they did like social and educational justice work mm-hmm. um so they worked with like local students in East LA Boyle Heights uh Lincoln Heights um to basically uh improve the educational justice system so like I was talking about like the overcrowding in schools Mm -hmm. um they 
helped build one of the newest high schools. Um, the, uh, they helped build a new high school in East LA, and that was, like, the newest high school that's been built in over, like, 80 years. Wow. Um, that's great. That's nuts. Yeah, and so because of that and some of the work that they did, that's how, you know, like, that high school that I was talking about, Roosevelt High School, wasn't overcrowded anymore, so it mm-hmm. helped relieve the overcrowding. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of, like, really dope things that the organization was doing. So um, I started working there. Um, mm-hmm. I knew some. I knew the people who worked there because when I was in high school, I was actually part of the youth program in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I started off as, like, a front desk receptionist. Uh, and throughout the years, I was, I was working there for about seven years. Um, and throughout the years, I... Uh, got promoted, obviously mm-hmm. got paid more, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like started moving up a little bit. Um, so it was, you know, things things got better <laughs> in my life. It's not all down. At the time, too, um, when, you know, I started working there, uh, I was part of Corazón del Pueblo. We were still doing mm-hmm. that, like, anti-gentrification work. Uh, I met this group of uh, women um, who had, like, this all-women bicycle collective, um, and they were called the Ovarian Psychos. Mm-hmm. And so, so cool. <laughs> yeah, um, so they would host like monthly like full moon rides um, and every month was like themed around something. So whether mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about like domestic violence, whether mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about um, other women issues, yeah, just issues. things that women uh, go through. Yeah. Um, so it was it was really beautiful and really awesome. And I, I made um, lifelong friends like I'm still close with some of them um, mm-hmm. today. Um, I consider them some of my best friends. Um yeah, so I started, you know, I, and I, I was really interested in doing that because I was like, yeah, we're, I was obviously like still riding my bike at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we would say is that we use the bicycle as a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, it's not, we would say like, fuck the bike. Like, it's not about the bike. Like, obviously, like, cool, the bike, like, we use it, but the bike was a tool to get women to come to our to our events mm-hmm. so that we could talk to them so we can like, you know, talk about these issues yeah. and, you know, like just build with one another. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really beautiful. Um, and I was a part of that. I want to say for about like five, five years. Um, everything's so interconnected. <laughs> I love like everything is just so everything's like social justice, what's happening in your community, how things are affecting one another. And I don't know. It's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> I just have to chime in. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then, and then. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was part of that, like I mentioned, for about five years. There's actually a documentary that came out um, on PBS oh, yeah. Um, yeah, about it. About yeah, so you know, if you want to look <laughs> on YouTube. watch it. Little shout out. If you want to look on YouTube, uh, look up the Ovarian, the Ovarian Psychos documentary. And it's Psychos without an H. <laughs> Quick little plug. Look it up. Uh and yeah, I think I think there came a point where I was like, I think I just reached my mm-hmm. like, I want to make space for other women to come in and join the collective. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of like was like, it's my term. It's my time to like term out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, it wasn't like we had like a term or anything for anybody, but it was like um, I think I felt that for myself. It was just time for you. It, yeah, definitely. It was it was time for me and I wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some friends that I knew also like bike related stuff. Um I had, like, some friends that I saw, like, on social media that they were doing, um, like, educational bike classes Mm -hmm. uh, at day labor centers uh, with, like, jornaleros. Um, And I was like, oh, my God, that that is so, like, I thought that was, like, super dope because, you know, like, especially growing up in, like, low-income communities, like, um, that have a lot of, like, undocumented folks, that have a lot of, like, people of color, um, you know, like, undocumented folks don't drive because they can't. Um, and that was before, obviously, they passed 
this was a couple years ago before they passed that, um, I think DACA and before they passed that license law mm-hmm. where um, folks with DACA or undocumented folks can get licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like your means of transportation um, is your bike and public transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, no choice. Yeah. And you know, myself, like I obviously empathize with that of being like a low income mother. I, yeah, I rode my bike. Uh, I wasn't undocumented, but I rode my bike because it was yeah. my only means of transportation and yeah. um, taking the bus and taking the train. So um, I saw some folks like ho- like hosting like these bike, ra- or, yeah, these bike education classes and like, giving out free helmets, giving out free lights, wow. talking about like what to do when you're stopped by the police, you know, because mm. oftentimes like if you're an older undocumented man. Uh, you know, like you are more prone to get stopped by the police, you know, mm-hmm. and get harassed and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe eventually get deported. Um, so they were they were doing like um, like know your rights workshops and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, I was just that. like, yeah. And I was like, man, that's super awesome. So I like touched base with them and I was like, hey, like I want to like be a part of this. Like, how can mm-hmm. I? Um, I ended up reaching out to them and asking if I could be a part um some way like how can yeah. I how can I get plugged in yeah um so they hired me to do this project that they were going to be doing in Boyle Heights um and so the organization at the time it was all volunteer run but they would receive grants to do some of the oh, work that okay. they were doing That's awesome. um yeah okay. so to do the the classes at like the day labor centers they were partnering I want to believe with uh, I want to say with like Metro mm-hmm. um so Metro would sponsor these events and that's how they would get free helmets and free lights and stuff to oh. the day labor centers um and they would also pay the instructors so it was like it became kind of like a side hustle for me of like yeah. you know I was like working my full-time job at that other nonprofit the educational justice nonprofit um but um I would help out with these like projects that they were doing too um and that's when I stopped being part of the the variant cycles because mm-hmm. I was like oh like I want to you know this, no. further um just doing other things yeah. um so it was really it was really awesome and really beautiful um yeah. I want to say I was volunteering for about like four years wow I became a certified bike instructor <laughs> um and I've like helped out in a lot of like different projects that they've done uh, I've done like some policy work with them um I've gone to like Washington DC to like speak wow. on like conferences and stuff um New Orleans uh or other places and too. you're nervous to do this <laughs> yes. I'm like what you're tripping girl you've been around the world because <laughs> I don't got to talk about that <laughs> that's true that's I just gotta talk about the work <laughs> um yeah so you know it's it's uh it's really amazing and really beautiful the work that they do um and so I now became uh I'm actually an employee now officially so yeah. I got hired probably like uh, I want to say two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's been really awesome. And a lot of the folks who are part of the organization, like I really look up to and I really admire. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the board members who are part of it, um, they, they're they just like so supportive of like, what do you want to do in your life? And like, how can we support you to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a stepping stone for you. And so like, what do you need? They care. Yeah. What they do you really need? actually care. Yeah. And they're like, what do you need to like get to the next point that you want to be in your life? Girl, you do so a lot for the community, girl. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's my job right now. Um, and it's really funny. I think I was like joking to you about it because I was like, oh, like folks don't think I have a job. <laughs> I was like, no, I work. Yeah. Um, it is part time. Um, but it's like and we don't have an official office. Uh, so I work from home. So I am home a lot. Um, surprisingly, even though people think that I'm out a lot because I obviously DJ, but I'm like, that's at night when I have to <laughs> DJ, but I'm like, I am home a very good amount of the time. Uh, and I love that. Yeah. So, balance. Yeah. To bring in my daughter in this, like my daughter's like Leia, she's the biggest trooper in the world. Like mm. I, 
there's like this funny video that I have of her at a meeting. Yeah, I think I showed it to you. Um, it's so like, I cried actually when I saw it, when my friend like, she's like, oh, look at this video that I made at the meeting that Aww. I was like recording. Because she literally has been with me going to meetings mm-hmm. at Corazón del Pueblo, with mm-hmm. the Urbanian Psychos, with, you know, my job when I was a volunteer. Like, mm-hmm. she has been with me in all these meetings, you know? So she is prepared when she goes to my meetings now. I mean, she's older now, so she doesn't really want to. And she's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, but obviously before, like, I, I would have to bring her with me. Um, and she would come prepared with her books, with her coloring books, with, like, her iPad to, like, watch, you know, movies or something. So... She's definitely been, like, the biggest trooper, um, and she teaches me patience constantly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been really... And I bet um, she, like, knows a lot about all this stuff because she hears it all the time. So she's, like, ro- like well-informed. She probably has so much more knowledge than a bunch of these little kids. <laughs> she's like, let me put you on game. Put you on game. <laughs> you know what? It, yeah, she, she's, you know, she's her, she's her own autonomous person, you know, and yeah. she, but she definitely, like, She's like a little environmentalist, you know. She's she's woke on like you know like people being like gay or queer or mm-hmm. trans, you know. Like she obviously like me instilling that into her like I'm at a young very young age to like normalize these things because mm-hmm. they should be normalized. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely try to raise a woke baby. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, let's switch gears. Oh, my gosh. I feel like you do so much. I'm like, girl, what don't you do for the community? Um, when did you start DJing and how did you come up with Que Madre? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, and obviously that time of me just, you know, doing uh, community work, um, obviously music. Music has a big impact in my life, like most <laughs> folks, I would assume. Um, and I want to say around like 20 or 21, like I started collecting, um, I started like very slowly collecting music. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off with, uh, they're called the East Side Story, mm-hmm. uh, compilations. Um, and so it's basically like a compilation of like 12, 12 volumes, uh, and it's lowrider oldies, um, Motown, soul music. Um, like again, my mom had a really big mm-hmm. impact on that. So like my mom knows about the East Side Story oldies and my mom, like if I play these albums, like my mom can sing every song. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just tells me and again, like reminisces on like her growing up. Um, so I remember I went somewhere and I saw one of the records and I was like, oh shit, like I'm gonna buy it. And then somewhere else and I was like, oh, um and they were pretty cheap at the time i think now honestly like they go like people sell them for like i don't know ridiculous amounts and i'm just like damn like i got them for like 10 20 bucks like i talked to people and they're like yeah like i got i got mine for like five bucks you know i got mine at a yard sale you know for a dollar and so um yeah so i started collecting um these oldies i also started collecting like like reggae and rock steady uh growing up i really like that type of music too um, also that, that type of music was influenced by my cousin mm-hmm. who I mentioned earlier, um, slowly started collecting. Um, I started, I don't know how old I was. Well, I'm going to say like maybe 25 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would host like kickbacks and stuff at my house. Uh, and I would call them like record, record and chill, like records and chill. Aww. Um, <laughs> and so like, I had like this dinky little record player and people would come and just bring like albums or mm-hmm. records and just put literally put one album on and then we would listen to it and like just have a kickback you know yeah and it was really dope um there was i don't know i think i saw them on social media like some um folks who like would dj 
at bars and I was like oh that's that's like really dope like <laughs> that's awesome like that sounds really cool um and then I want to say in 2016 uh I read an article on uh it's called Remezcla which is this like Latino online blog mm-hmm. um and they talked about Chulitavano Club mm-hmm. uh in Texas mm-hmm. because Chulitavano Club I'm part of this Chulitavano Club um originated uh, in Texas, mm-hmm. there's about three chapters in Texas. Um, so this article talked about it and I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, obviously, like I was part of the ovarian psycho. So anything like women of color, like related yeah. groups, I was like, down that's, for. yeah, I was like super down for. And I was like, that's amazing. You know, and I remember reading about it and I was obviously had collected some records already. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, like, that's super awesome. And then I want to say like a couple months after that, um, I had followed I was following um Rosie, who's part of the group, um, following Rosie on Instagram, uh, we had known each other from like the previous community work that I was doing. She posted a picture on Instagram saying like, hey, we're going to start Chili Devano Club in L.A. Hit us up if you're interested. <laughs> and I was like, I got some records. I could so do that. Cool. Yeah. So I hit her up on uh, on Instagram and I was like, hey, like I like I'm interested. Like, what do we do? Um, so the first meeting it was the summer up no I, f- <laughs> I forgot when the, like, the first meeting was but the first meeting was at my house uh, there was wow. five of us uh all five of us are still part of it now um mm-hmm. we've grown to two more members Andrea um from the Bay Area and, and the girl Annie um but yeah so the first meeting was at my house none of us you know we sat around in a circle and we literally talked about like so what kind of music do you have? Like, <laughs> what kind of music do you collect? Um, have you ever played, like, on two turntables, you know? Um, yeah, so it was very, Aww. very introductory, very basic. Um, and none of us had really the, none of us knew the extent to what it was going to be um, mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us really imagined the places that we would have, like, the opportunity to play at. Yeah. Um, so it's just been really, really amazing, really, really dope experience. Um and then, and then from there, when I became part of Chile Devana Club, um, I started heavily collecting more, um, which was, again, in, like, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 20, it's 2020 now, like, four years later. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say I have pretty okay collection, um, different types of music, definitely. I have... I, I went through phases of like, oh, this is music I'm purposely going to buy to play mm-hmm. out, um, like, dance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then I go through phases where I'm like, this is stuff that I just want because I want this album mm. and I really like this this artist or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh it's been really, really amazing experience. Yeah. Um, and I think you I know, love how you guys didn't like you guys were just like, Okay, like we're interested and we have music, like what do we do? I love how you guys like figured it out together. Go, oh, let's just see where this takes us. Mm-hmm. Like no expectation, just like Go with the flow. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I I, I, th- I thought you guys were, like, all, like, knew how to play or, like, you guys all, like, had experience. I don't know. And like, whatever, you know, all come together and then you, you know, become a collective or whatever. So it's, like, interesting yeah. to hear, like, no, you're, like, a normal person. Like, <laughs> hey, you're like me. Like, <laughs> you know, you you didn't know and you've learned and now look mm-hmm, at where mm-hmm. you guys are and all the opportunities that you guys have had for, yeah. because of it. Yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been amazing. Uh, when we first started to, I want, I want to say, like, I was anti-playing at bars because I was like, why would we want to play at a bar? Like, people are going to be drunk and this and that. Like, it, Do you feel like it was more personal? It's like, no, I want to. I feel like I was, it was more personal, but also kind of like, I didn't know what to expect type mm. of thing, you know? <clears throat> um, I was like, what, like, 
I don't know, that's a, that's a lot of pressure. Like, that's really nerve-wracking. Like, what am I going to play? Like, so I think the first show that we did officially as a group uh, was in San Diego. We all got, we got invited to play at a mutual friend's uh, radio show in San Diego. And so she invited us. And the next time we played was, like, um, this, I don't know, art event. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, like, we didn't have any any expectations of what yeah. where this was gonna go yeah um so yeah that's so cool tell me about how you got your name que madre <laughs> yeah um <laughs> you know i wanted something that like represented me as like a mom yeah. me as a latina um yes. so i think i played around i don't even know what the one of the names i played around with uh, actually was like mama bear uh-huh. but then someone was like oh there's already a dj named mama bear i was like oh okay, okay. um uh, <laughs> but then i was like no like you know i want something that you know, shows that I'm a Latina. Yeah. So, you know, like, que madre, it's kind of like a play on words, you yeah. know? Um, and I got, I so que madre, it's like a play on words because it's like similar to que padre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's similar to like desmadre type of thing, <laughs> you know? And so it's, I got that idea because of, uh, with ovarian psychos. So the reason why we don't spell ovarian psychos with the H was because it's supposed to be like a triple play on words. So ovarian Psychos as in, like, crazy. Ovarian psychos as in, like, a cycle. A cycle, yeah. Um, and, yeah. So, <laughs> what did I say? Triple play? Double play? Whatever. Uh, Scrabble? <laughs> more than one. Yeah, more than one. More than one. <laughs> Multiple. That's, that's <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, that's why I was like, oh, like, <clears throat> what do they call them? A double entendre or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, you know, I wanted something that I could play around with. Um and had multiple meanings. So that's kind of where I came up with the name Que Madre. Um, and so I, I, I like it. It's cool. I like it, too. It's really cool. Thank you. Que Madre. Let's see. What kind of music do you like to play? Like, what like what songs do you love? So or artist or... I yeah. Know. <laughs> you know what? Like, and like I mentioned, like, I have to go through my phases of, like, what I enjoy and, like, where I like to play now. And, like, what type of shows, quote-unquote, or, like, events I like to play. So I love hip-hop. I love R&B, like, 90s, 2000s. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my shit. I love that shit, too. (laughs) And you know what? Like, it's, (laughs) like, another person that influenced me was, like, my sister. Mm -hmm. Like, my older sister. um, She's six years older than me. And she loved, like, she grew up at that, like, 90s, 2000s, like, R&B era. (laughs) And she would play it all the time. And so, again, when I started collecting, I was like, ooh, like, let me get this Leah, Let me yeah. get this Ashanti. Let me get this, like, Mario yeah. record, you know? <laughs> um, so I have a lot of that. And so I love playing that because it's just so fun. And, like, it's, like, nostalgic, yes. you know, where you can, yes, like, just sing to and I dance to. Uh, a lot of hip-hop. Um, I really like that. Um, but, you know, and that's stuff that I will enjoy playing when, like, I want people to dance and mm-hmm. this and that, you know? But... Um, you know, sometimes you get, I get tired of it, you know, and I like, <laughs> I, I'm been collecting really heavily, like a lot of like international music. So mm-hmm. like Brazilian funk or like French pop mm-hmm. or, you know, just different types of music from around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like I'm really into that right now. And like, I've been collecting that. Um, I do like little like chill ambient gigs sometimes at like different bars or like hotels or something (laughs) um and like I love playing I love playing those types of shows because or like those type of events not shows but I love playing those types of nights because it's like it's no pressure I don't have to make anybody dance like it's ambient it's vibe music it's vibe music you know and it's like I enjoy it so much because I'm like I love this music and I'm vibing to it and I'm like you know and it's like if people see me vibing like I think they typically typically will vibe too too, you know so definitely that type of music but 
I have, like I mentioned, I have a lot of stuff that, you know, I have soul, I have mm -hmm. um, funk, I have just a lot of different types of genres. A lot of music. Lot of music. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, just to say it, it's like uh, really grateful to be part of this like community, you know, I think mm -hmm. um, I've been... I've been a part of, like, different, obviously, types of communities, you know, yeah. like the social justice community, um, like when I was doing work in Bull Heights, the cycling community. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful to be part of this music and DJ community and vinyl yeah. community. I've met a lot of really amazing people that influence me, um, that, like, show me, like, just, you know, bring me under their wing and be like, oh, like, mm. if you do it like this, like, it would be a lot easier, you know, mm -hmm. or like, oh, maybe, if, you know, and like not... Not in a pretentious way, uh, in a very supportive way and loving way. And I really appreciate all those individuals who have really, like, embraced you know. Embraced you. Yeah, They've you know. And, you. and I feel like that's what I've been at least attempting to do because um, I currently host, like, open tables nights, yeah. you know. Where I'm just, like, I provide the needles and I provide the headphones and, you know, like, come, bring your records Um, and I'll show you how to work these turntables, you know, because Eleanor was so <laughs> grateful for you. Aww. She like hit me like, oh my gosh, I learned so much from Marianne. Aww. And I'm like, that's awesome. So yeah, it's working. It is. You're doing so. your job. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So, you know, like it's pay, like pay for it uh -huh, type of thing. So yeah, yeah really, it's a really, it's a really satisfying thing yeah. to do aside from it being fun and whatever. Like yeah. it's, it's a satisfying. I know we talked a little bit about you going to school and taking classes here and there. Yeah, like talk a little bit about that. You shared with me you're currently taking a mm -hmm. math class. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, math. Yeah. Who wants to take math? Yeah. But talk to me a little bit about why you feel, um, you know, going to going and taking those classes and getting your education is important to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I mentioned, I um, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier where I was going to school. Mm -hmm. So I basically have been going to like community college on and off for like nine years, you know, mm -hmm. and like whatever, no shame in my game. Um <laughs> Everybody has you their own different path. So such a like full life that the fact that you even do it is like, <laughs> girl, that's a win. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So I I've been taking classes here and there at Eli. Shout out to Eli. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been taking classes here and there again for like nine years. Um, and when I had left my job, the other the educational justice job that I was working at. Um, funny, my marker is like I left the weekend before FYFS that Frank Ocean played like that's my marker of when like I left that that's job. very that's a very significant yeah. weekend uh, it was yeah we can agree <laughs> yeah um so yeah I think that fall of what was it 2017, 2017? yeah 2016, 2017 yeah 2016 is when Blonde came out right oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um yeah it was 20 so yeah 2017 so when I left I was actually DJing for like six months full-time mm -hmm. and I didn't have a job Wow. And I was like, fuck it, like, I'm just going to go to school full time. Um, since then, I currently right now, I just I take two classes, um, taking eight units right now um, and, you know, talk to a counselor. And I was like, hopefully I'll be done soon. Mm -hmm. um, um, my goal is by the end of the calendar year, um, but I want to get into urban planning. My goal is to transfer to hopefully CSUN. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my longer goal is you know getting a master's in urban planning or something mm -hmm. um i feel like the with the type of work that i do right now like yep. it just it just goes hand in hand you know and i, yep. I feel like i have i have that experience you with, have the with world work. experience girl. yeah i have the experience with work i just you know it sucks sometimes the obviously paper. that you need that that paper to mm -hmm. like the, for that validation um but yeah like i i obviously don't share that with folks uh, i 
you know, go to school. And I'm like, I don't, I don't share about that. Uh, even with like work, like if you follow me on Instagram, uh, yeah. I don't like to share um, more like personal things about myself. Like I yeah. keep it very like, like music related mm-hmm. records or, you know, shows or events, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, I, I enjoy it. So, I mean, you talked a little bit about how you're private. Talk a little bit about what it's like living in like a social media era when you're somebody <laughs> who's pretty private, but like as a DJ, you have to put stuff online mm-hmm. to like say, this is where I'm at. This is what's going mm-hmm. on. Like, how do you like balance that? Or like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's hard sometimes, you know, thankfully I don't fully depend on like DJing as like my main source of income, yeah. you know? So it is obviously like a lot of fun, um, and it's enjoyable, you know, and I I don't necessarily feel stressed where I'm like, oh, my God, I need to get a gig because mm-hmm. if not, like, I can't, I don't know, pay, pay my whatever. rent or something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, obviously, it does. DJing does help me financially. But like I mentioned, it's not my main source of income. But at the same time, like it like with me and my social media, when I became part of Chile the Vano Club, um, I was like, let me I created an Instagram just for my DJing because mm-hmm. I wanted to, I, I was very intentional in the beginning and I already knew that of like, I want to separate my personal life and I want to separate, separate my DJing life. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a personal Instagram. I don't even use it. Don't get mad at me if I don't add you. Cause I'm like, I don't even really, I don't honestly, I don't use it that much anymore. <laughs> I never sign in. Um, I never post. Um, I feel like my get mother Instagram is just, it's my main one now. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's difficult sometimes, you know, because, um, I feel like privacy is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, I don't post a lot about my daughter because, mm-hmm. you know, one, she's she's her own person. She has her own social media account, you know, and she, I don't <laughs> think she has a problem with me posting her, but she's just like, honestly, she tells me like, no, don't take videos of me, you know, like <laughs> there's times when she wants, she doesn't mind, but, you know, like, again, like that's just, that's a very intimate thing in my life. Yeah. Um, um, my family too, like I vaguely, you know, do post about that but i think it's important to to have that balance yeah. you know like you don't need to chair you yeah know? you don't need to i think people think that they need to you, like, mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. need to yeah you got that boundary you yeah. got that's good boundaries that's, there we go it's a boundary it's, it's a boundary, boundary. Yeah. oh i wanted to talk about this because as you know i go to therapy yeah oh my gosh <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about you shared with me that you were going participating in therapy or what made you want to seek that and how is it going? Do you have any insights in terms of like, not so much like personally, like what you've learned, but like how, how has it helped you in terms of just like daily life or, you know, self-care yeah. stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I met through work. Um, we were having like a retreat or something and they introduced us to this woman, um, my therapist, name, her name, which I don't mind sharing. Her name is Monique Castro. Uh, and the group that she's a part of, it's called Indigenous Circle of Wellness. And so Monique came to my job during our retreat to host this like mediation discussion. And she was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to her. I like looked her up after and I was like, damn, like her office is in commerce, which is not that far from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like it's I think my hesitation with like going to therapy or even seeking it was like, oh, like I've heard horror stories of like, yeah. you know, people just ask like going through therapist to therapist to find someone who like understands them or finding like a person of color who like empathizes with just like like historical like trauma you know so like understands your culture like all that stuff is important yeah yeah you know i didn't want to get stuck with like i don't know a cis white dude to talk about my 
life and mm-hmm. problems, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, like, a really big hesit- where my hesitation came from. But also, like, I think me wanting to seek it was because, you know, like, I think throughout the years, like, therapy has become more, more normalized, you know? And I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. That I feel like that's why I was like, oh, like, they're doing it. They're doing it. Like, like I can do it, you know? Yeah. And it's okay. And obviously there is this stigma with, like, yeah, going to therapy, is. especially in, like, you know, um, within folks of color and... Um, Latino, uh, Latino households, but I was like, fuck it. Um, mm-hmm. So after she hosted that mediation, I like reached out to her and I was like, hey, so like, I know you host like, or like you, you know, do like one-on-one individual, sessions, yeah. individual. Um, I'm pretty interested. So it's been, I want to say it's probably going to be a good solid year. Damn, that's um, awesome. And in the beginning I was going like, I was like, well, cause you obviously need to like get to know them a little bit more yeah. and they need to get to know you. Yeah. Um, so I was going pretty often. I want to say I was going like every other week. Um, now I go once a month. Um, okay. And she's just been, she's just really amazing. Uh, I've recommended her to one of my close friends. and But yeah, I think it's just been helpful for me to just kind of understand, understand my boundaries, understand yeah. what it is that I, like how I interpret things and how yeah. I, like how I wish to kind of like live my life and like hold space for things in my life that like maybe before, like I was really hesitant to like talk about mm-hmm. or um, like think about of like oh maybe i'm like this because of this mm-hmm. you know um Those so discoveries are insane yeah um and you know like sometimes i think i told her that like there was like a couple therapy sessions where i talked about a very similar thing and i was like oh my god like i don't want my sessions to just be about this and she's like mm-hmm. they're not about that they're about you and how you decide to like face those challenges and yeah. how you decide to deal with them yeah um, so i really appreciate that i'm obviously being very vague right now but um yeah, I think everybody should yeah. seek therapy. No, um, it, it makes you understand a lot of why you have certain patterns or behaviors. And it's crazy because once you identify why, you're like, ah. Mm-hmm. And I think just having that knowledge, maybe it won't change right away, but at, at least you'll be like, next time you do that, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it kind of like stops you in your tracks. Like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah, you know? definitely. It's interesting. Well, dude, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're finding, like, you know, you're benefiting from something like that and you're able to, you know, express yourself and, you know, probably let things out that, Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise maybe, I don't know if you would let them out or not so that's awesome yeah yeah um talk a little bit about what your relationship with your family is like today how's that yeah um i love i love my family (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i live with my brother um i live with my brother and my daughter Um, how many siblings do you have i have two older siblings so i'm the youngest of three my brother franco he's a year and a half older than me and my sister um she is six years older than me amy Mm -hmm. um my sister's married and she has two kids Mm -hmm. um it's really interesting actually um my daughter and my nephew which is my sister's oldest son Mm -hmm. uh, they are three weeks apart oh shoot (laughs) so yeah so me and my sister were pregnant at the same time oh my gosh that's crazy yeah so i was 16 she was 22 wow 23 um uh, and, but me and my sister are like complete opposites, like the yeah. type of music. Well, obviously she had a big impact on me and like R&B and 90s R&B and that, you know, but, yeah. um, but in terms of like what we like, yeah. how we dress, what we're into, yeah. like even like our beliefs, very different. Um, <laughs> very, very different. I love my sister though. And I really feel like when we were younger, we struggled with our relationship, but yeah. I feel like you know, we're a lot older now, a lot more mature. There's, a space, there's like an age gap and that's always tough. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. 
we get along a lot more now. Yeah. Uh, and I love my sister. And she's she's amazing. And she's pregnant right now oh with her third child. Um, uh, with my brother. It's my brother, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I love my brother. And it's been interesting living with him. I've been living with him for the past, like, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like... <laughs> I, like, joke about him, like, this is the best roommate I've had. Like, <laughs> I've lived with friends before. I've lived with, I've lived with many friends. Um, like, you know, both of us, like, running out of room and stuff. And, you know, if y'all listening, like, I love y'all. But, I'm like, <laughs> like, living with my brothers, it's different because it's a sibling. So, yeah. it's, like, I can be mad at him. But, like, literally, he'll come after and be, like, are you hungry? You want, you want to make some food? It's I'm like, different. All right. Siblings, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's actually been very helpful with me, with my daughter now that mm. she's older. So he's she's at the house right now. My daughter's at the house with my brother right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been very helpful with her um, sometimes when I have things to do um, and I necessarily can't take her. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationship with my daughter's dad, I consider him my family. And honestly, I like, consider him and his family part of my family mm. um i love his family mm-hmm. they're amazing and we get along really well and you know i feel like her dad and i we struggled with our relationship when we were like younger because i feel like we were a lot we were like really naive and we were really bitter with each other and really hurt you know like hurt hurt people hurt people sometimes yep. you know mm-hmm. and so but i think we've gotten older and more mature and so we we co-parent Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say, like, we co-parent really well. Like, I can we can be on the phone. Like, we get in our arguments sometimes and our disagreements uh, with things, you know. But um, at the end of the day, like, we can co-parent. We can mm-hmm. hang out. Like, her birthday that we just celebrated in December, like, we had a joint birthday party with his Aww. family and my parents. You know, and we've been doing that for the past couple of years, you know. like That's big. Yeah. That's like I, for people. Yeah. Like, I his he, he has, like, five other siblings and so like I love every single one of them you know mm-hmm. like they're amazing um so we get along really well and he actually has a baby he actually has a son he's want to say two or three mm-hmm. um and I watch his son sometimes because he oh. goes you know he goes away for the weekend sometimes to travel for uh this group that he's a part of and yeah. so he'll be like hey me and his um, his partner um, will go away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. He's like, can you watch? Can you watch Baby Joaquin? And I'm like, sure. Oh like, I love his son too. Aww. So it's it's really unconventional, but yeah. it's like it's really beautiful, and I'm really grateful Aww. for that too. You know. Um, so like sometimes people ask me like when I DJ like at night and this and that, and they're like, oh, like where's your daughter? You know. And I, you know, she's either. At, you know, if it's during the day, like she's sometimes with my brother or like mm-hmm. she's with her dad. Um, her dad's also getting his master's right now. And so he takes a lot of night classes because he works during the day. Yeah. So we have this, we never went to court or anything. So we have this own establishment of like, I got you and you got me, you know, mm-hmm. like he understands that like my DJing is kind of, it's a source of income. Yeah. Um, it's like, a job. It's a job, yeah. you know, and it's like, I have fun, but it's a job, you mm-hmm. know, and I take it seriously. And so, and also with him with like work and school, it's like, that's, you got to do what you got to do. So we, we just work with each other, you know, and each other's schedule. So it's yeah, like, it's hey, I got to. Yeah, together. Yeah, I was like, I got a gig Saturday. Can you watch her? He's like, yeah, drop her off, you know? He's like, oh, I'm going out of town. Or like, hey, I have this night class, like, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Can you watch her until X amount of time, you know? Yeah. So we, we have each other's back, and I really appreciate that because I don't think I would be able to do what I do without him and, like, my family, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's how I'm able to, to do, do just to do things that I do. It's crazy because... At first, it there you'd felt that lack of support, and now it's like, dude, who you you probably couldn't predict that you'd be in the situation where mm-hmm. 
you're like you guys are so good That's yeah. Amazing. yeah talk a little bit about your current residencies right now uh, man there's so many and like everything every gig is different whether yeah. whether or not it's like at the same bar whether or not it's like the same um you know residency it's like every night is different so there's so many that i could probably like think of but <laughs> yeah. my current residencies right now um I'm part of another group, aside from Chulita Vano Club, I'm part of another group called Noche Romantica. We play, like, cumbias, we play romanticas, we play, like, boleros. Uh, super awesome. It's also at Melody Lounge, um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's every third Saturday of the month. And so, yeah, so if you're interested and want to, you know, dance some cumbia, mm-hmm. um, come through. Uh, it's, on, it's all on vinyl. Um, I'm also, I do a residency with Chulita Vano Club, which is every third Sunday of the month at La Cita in downtown L.A., those get really awesome, really poppin'. So if you ever want to go, feel free to go. And we play, all of us typically play. So there's about like six, sometimes seven DJs who play. Um, Different types of music, but very like high energy. So it's really fun. Um, So it's every third Sunday of the month at La Cita in downtown LA. Uh, Like I mentioned, I also host my open tables night, Mm -hmm. uh, which is every first Thursday of the month, also at Melody Lounge. Um, I don't always host it every month because sometimes uh, I'm not able to, like, because I have my daughter or, like, other things come up. Yeah. Um, or I get asked to play another show uh, or an event. Um, but typically it's every first Thursday of the month. Mm-hmm. I'm not – I did it in February, but I'm not going to do it in March um, because of Frank Ocean and I, which I'll oh talk about that. <laughs> um, so I obviously started uh, last year – doing um we call it nostalgia which is you know obviously it's from his first aka frank ocean night no i'm just kidding yeah. frank ocean night. <laughs> uh, um nostalgia uh which is obviously from his mixtape um nostalgia ultra yeah nostalgia ultra um <laughs> and so we host we've been hosting it very sporadically yeah um because it's like you know we don't want to um do it too much. We don't want to burn yeah. it out. We don't want to burn ourselves out. Yep. Um, so it's mainly Frank Ocean yeah. music, um, but we play like Odd Future members too. So it's Frank Ocean and Odd Future. So yep. you know Tyler, yep. Sid, the Internet, or mm-hmm. like even just stuff that they've been like a part of. You know, so like Cali Uchi's with Tyler the Creator or something. Yep. You know, so we play that those types of songs too, uh, which is really fun. I and love it's, it. Yeah, it's super fun. Honestly, like it started. Um, so Diego, which is the other DJ, and bless um, John David, um, who's the bar manager at Melody Lounge. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I was DJing, and it was like I think it was for Noche Romantica or something, or on my open tables, and I had like my Blonded record or something, and he was like, "Play that." <laughs> and it was like when we were closing and they were cleaning up and I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, you like Frank Ocean? And Diego, I've known Diego for a while uh, and we DJ a lot together too. Yeah. And so we both obviously like, you know, like Frank Ocean. Um, yeah. I feel like when I, I feel like I didn't like it. I didn't like him as much until just things happened in my life where I was like, oh my God, Blonde was like my go-to album yeah. to like cry to and sing to. That's um, how music is though. You discover is. it when something happens in your life. That's why people rediscover music when mm-hmm. they go back like, oh, I like that because you, you go through something different. Yeah, it re- like resonates with you, you know? There you go, yeah. And so I think when like Blonde first came out um, or Blonde first came out, I was like, okay, it's cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, it didn't resonate as much with me until, you know, things happened in I my life. I also feel like that <laughs> album had to marinate because, like, at first it was like, this is so different, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. like, cool, but, like, it's, I don't know, it's a lot. Yeah. For me, I had a, like, Anthony liked it right away. He's nice. crazy. And I was like, mm, and then a few months, I was like, I love it. Yeah. Okay, but. 
Honestly, I was like, damn, I went through some heartbreak. And then I listened to it, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, it was, it was my go-to heartbreak album. Yes. Like, you know? So, um... And then yeah. I love how you play, you guys play Tyler, you guys play Internet. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, it's, I don't know. Also because um, Flower Boy was such a good album. Oh, I it, love that album. It's So it just was, like, kind of perfect. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Igor now, but, you know. So yeah. we love Frank Ocean Night. Or AKA Nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> but, yeah, those. so those are um, my, current, um, my current residencies. And then, like, I DJ... You know, every so often, different bars in LA. So you fun. can find her somewhere. You can come <laughs> listen to her play somewhere. So what today? What is motherhood like today? And what is like work like today? Yeah, um, motherhood today. It's um, I mean, you know, she she's my biggest teacher. I've said it multiple mm-hmm. times. Like she's my biggest teacher in life. You know, and she teaches me so much, and teaches me about patience, and teaches me about love. Um, teaching teaches me how to like mother myself too. You know, mm-hmm. um, and mother her. Um, so it's interesting cause she's getting older. She's 12 now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that, but yeah, she's 12 and I trip out every time I say that because I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm 29 with a 12 year old, you know, like she's going to be a teen. I'm going to be 30 this year and she's going to be 13, you know? That's so it's very, it's very <laughs> like, um, 2020 is a very like, I don't know, like transformative year yes. I feel, you know, yeah. because She's becoming a teenager, and I'm, you know, going into my 30s. 30s yeah. Um, new chapters. Yeah. So both of us, new chapters in our lives. Um, but, you know, she, I I love saying this because it's true, and I want to, I want to hold space for her and for that, but she is her own autonomous person, you yeah. know, as much as, like, obviously she's my daughter, and she's her, her dad's daughter. Like, she's her own person, and she loves her own things, and she's into her own type of music. Um, and, you know, her her the way she dresses, too, like, she's in that, I think, preteen angst, you know? She likes to wear black a lot now. She wants to paint her nails black, and I'm like, oh, like, let's wait until you're 13 to paint your nails black, you know? Like, you're still in sixth grade. Um, but she, like, school-wise, too, she's straight A's, uh, 4.0. She takes seventh grade math. Wow. Um, she's part of, she loves Harry Potter. She's part of the Harry Potter club on, on at school, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, she's, she's, yeah, I, I couldn't have wanted or asked for, you know, a, a more amazing, um, Aww. daughter to share my life with. I know she, she, like, I don't know what you said that she like reads books like really quickly. Like, Oh yeah. I'm like, girl, I'm like, can you teach me how to do that? She has her, like, you know, I don't even, when we come home from, when I pick her up from school, like, she'll come home. I don't even have to tell her to do her homework and read. Yes. Obviously, kids are encouraged to read, like, every day after school mm-hmm. and, like, you know. But she just goes and, like, she's supposed to read 20 minutes and she reads 40, you know. That's and crazy. Like, and I'm like, she oh. likes it. Yeah, she she loves it. She's, she, I picked her up from school for Valentine's Day and I was like... Who's your Valentine? She's like, my book's my Valentine. I'm oh, like, okay, get it, girl. Yes, like, yes. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. So I know that, like, your gigs, it just, you know, we should probably follow you on Instagram to make sure that we're keeping up and staying updated because there's other there's stuff going on. But you did mention one thing right now. You want to talk about it? Check out my Instagram for upcoming gigs. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to go uh, something really significant I guess to talk about I'm going to Chicago um, I can't think of the name right now but uh, I got asked to play um, at this museum in Chicago so I'm really looking forward to that I think that's like one of the bigger gigs that I feel like I have right yeah. now so we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have our Frank next Frank Ocean night um, first this is gonna be our first Friday that we do it oh my gosh um, it'd be so crazy I'm so excited we've been trying to get a Friday in at Melody Lounge but it's it's been difficult but you know I think 
we were finally able to book a Friday. So it's going to be the first Friday of the month, which I want to say is March. So yeah, March 6th. So yeah. keep a lookout for that flyer. And, you know, something that we always do with our, like, Frank Ocean Nights, we always have, like, giveaways and freebies, yeah. you know? So I we got my sticker on my car. Yeah. So we've, we've given out, like, buttons. Yeah. Um, we've given out stickers and mm-hmm. stuff. So People yeah. love those. I know. They're super cute. So we're going to have stickers mm-hmm. at the next one, too. So, hey. <laughs> Limited amount, but... Yeah. So closing questions. Mm -hmm. Um, What drives you to do what you do? Uh, What drives me to do what I do? Um, I want to say love, you know, and not necessarily, obviously, in like this cliche way, but definitely love. I think if I, um, I think if if I shouldn't love like myself and others, you know, um, I wouldn't do what it is that I do, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's my friends or my community or the people around me Mm -hmm. and my daughter family um so definitely love what does success uh, look like to you what is um happiness yeah i would say happiness you know or uh, and like i think being content with yourself mm-hmm. and your life um success isn't like oh my god i got booked at this gig or like i'm mm-hmm. graduated this or i did that you know those are obviously like certain markers in people's lives yeah. that you can look to but i think it's just happiness and peace i think within yourself Mm. yeah i like that all right thank you so much for sharing about your story and thank you so much for just being open (laughs) and just talking about yourself which i know you struggle with uh but you did a great job so (laughs) thank you i hope i didn't bore anybody no Uh, you did such a great job (laughs) we didn't ramble too much (laughs) no you're awesome you did good and we learned all we all learned so much about you in your life and we probably understand you a lot better now to understand like what you like where you've been how'd you get here and why you're passionate about the things that you're passionate about so that's awesome thank you, thank you. let's go into segment the next seg- next segment we'll talk um, we'll hear our questions from our listeners uh what so during this segment we get our listener questions and we ask our guests to answer some of those questions so we got a few we actually got a lot but we're just being selective because um First, there's just too many to answer. And second, um, some of the stuff we already talked about. So um, one of the first questions came from Fabi, which which is your friend. Mm -hmm. Um, What has been the most rewarding and challenging aspect of being a mom? Um, (laughs) Yeah, the most rewarding, uh, I think I was like kind of touching on it earlier of like um, raising someone um, who's like seeing that this person that I have helped and raising, and obviously it takes a village to raise someone, you know, mm-hmm. so I haven't done it alone, but to just see my daughter growing up and just becoming her own person, like, it's it's the biggest trip sometimes, you know, because, you know, when they obviously start getting older, they start liking their own things, you know, so just seeing that and living that, um, I think it's just been, like, really rewarding to be like, wow, she's, like, this, becoming this really amazing um, person and young woman, you know, um, and most challenging mm-hmm. aspect like I was also talking about earlier, like being so young and being scared. And, um, you know, even when I was like really young, just asking for support and asking for advice and guidance, you know, yeah. from my own family and just um, just in other ways, you know, there's obviously not a lot of resources at, at that time um, yeah. or I wasn't exposed to them or I wasn't aware of them. I was just like resources that can help me out. So uh, that was really challenging, you know, yeah. and I uh, try my best to, you know, um, help um just other young moms yeah um, as much as I can or you know yeah. I've had friends who've introduced me to like 
their younger siblings who like were teenagers or and got pregnant or something mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's just been it's um i bet your advice to them they're just like oh thank god <laughs> they're like you did it like you um, did it you're okay okay i could do this too that's mm-hmm. scary yeah i'm actually um actually side note um i got asked to talk to um this high school um for a career day so mm-hmm. i'm gonna be doing it next oh, friday i love that yeah <laughs> and they were asking me like um talk about like you being a dj yeah. but also like the work that you do with mobility justice like advocacy work uh, and i was like yeah and then i was like oh like I'll also talk about me being like a teenage mom in high school so that's real yeah so i'm actually really excited for that so yes. it's gonna be, i'm gonna do that next friday so we'll see how it goes i hope i can connect <laughs> with these students <laughs> no you will you can do a good job yeah. awesome so then we had erica ask how do you balance motherhood and the hustle um boundaries mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely boundaries um, that's, I feel like I'm learning, I'm getting better at saying no to mm-hmm. things. Um, you have to say no. I have to, um, you know, weekends, obviously like I, um, I, I'm more prone to saying yes to certain things, but, um, I don't have to say yes to everything, mm-hmm. you know? So I've been learning how to say no a lot. Um, and again, like what I was talking about earlier, like just, um, balancing that by asking for support, you know, mm-hmm. from my family mm-hmm. and from her dad, you know? Um, I think that's how I've been able to really balance, um, it does take, do. a, it takes a village. It does right. take a village. It really does. You can't do it by yourself. Mm-mm. Eleanor asks, what place from within yourself do you DJ from? <laughs> so this deep. was a hard question <laughs> to figure out how to word. Yeah. Uh, it's so deep, Eleanor. <laughs> I <you>. know. <laughs> um, what place within myself? Uh, I saw when Eleanor asked that and I was like, Fuck, I like thought about it, you know, <laughs> um, I think the place within myself that I DJ from is, like, empathy. Mm. Um, Wow. Yeah. Um, I think it... Yeah, I've had this conversation with folks sometimes, but it takes one thing to to DJ, you know? I mean, you know, it takes one thing to play music Mm -hmm. and for folks Mm -hmm. um, live, you know, whether you're an artist, whether you're a DJ, whether you're, you know, a musician, um... And I think for myself, like, it's fun and I can do things for, you know, because I like this music. But I think the place that I really enjoy to DJ from is, like, empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like empathy to connect with folks, mm-hmm. empathy to vibe with folks, you know. Yeah. So, like, this place that I get when I play music sometimes and, like, people are dancing or grinding or, like, <laughs> singing, like, you are connecting with them, yeah. you know. And I empathize with this connection that I feel and people vibe with. And yeah. I'm like, it just, it like, it's like an adrenaline adrenaline rush or something, yeah. you know, like seeing people vibe and like, that it's makes rewarding. me vibe. It's yeah. very rewarding. So like, Aww. I think like being able to empathize with the crowd is something that's very important. Um, and it's different than just like, hey, I'm going to go and play music yeah. because I want to, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's a good answer. I was like, thank you, girl, you took it there. Um, Amphas, what's your favorite bar in LA to hear good music? The ones that I'm playing at. Right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, no. Why do we even ask you stupid questions, Amph? No, I'm just um, My favorite bar, I mean, there's so many. Um, I have so many amazing, like, again, like I was talking about the DJ community. Like, yeah. there's so many amazing people um that i know that play really amazing music all the time like my favorite bars are when my like yeah. my favorite nights are when my friends play you yeah. know so yeah your people um anthony also asked when's the next frank ocean night or nostalgia night but you just answered that yeah so everybody again friday march 6th gonna be at melody lounge 
uh, first, this is going to be the first Friday of the month, and it's the first time we're doing it on a Friday. It's so, you know, be y'all better stay the whole night. <laughs> y'all can't be living at 12. I know, can't be living at 12. We're gonna, it's going to be awesome. We're going to sing together and cry together. So, back the together. crying part. <laughs> I know. You know, there's literally been people who have, like, I haven't seen them for myself, but other people have told me, like, I saw people outside crying, like, straight up. Shut up. I swear. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, really? They're like, they left it all up. out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's pretty much our questions um, that we have. We're going to go into the next segment. Yo, talk that talk. Okay, during this segment, we have a few current events that we like to talk about. And since, like, we're obsessed with Frank Ocean and we already talked about Nostalgia Night at Malady Lounge, <laughs> um, let's talk about Frank Ocean some more. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love I love him. <laughs> yeah, um, he's going to be playing um, at Coachella. Yes. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I have my ticket for weekend two yes. trying to go to weekend one mm-hmm. i'm like mm, two mm-hmm. twice <laughs> yeah but um i'm really excited but i'm also like you know because i think he's been notorious for canceling oh shows gosh. i think what tw- fyf 2016 yes. or something or something or 2015 the, yeah he canceled and yeah. i think like kanye they got kanye Play, to yeah. replace him and stuff you know Just and it was wasn't the same yeah it was a few <laughs> days before um you know so i'm like i don't believe he's playing until like i'm literally there and i hear like the first song play you know <laughs> like the first the second of the first song play i'm like i don't believe it um Damn. but you know i'm really excited um i you know i think there was like these memes going around of like it was like a white house or something at the white house or something and it was like you and then like frank the frank ocean like frank ocean playing at coachella because it's like so big and you're gonna be so far away but i'm like oh i don't care i'm like it's just gonna be like it doesn't even matter you just have to be there you just gotta be you don't have to be in the front it don't matter Mm -hmm. yeah and it's also my first time ever going to coachella which honestly like i was already planning on going before um before i knew about him playing yeah um because there's obviously a lot of like really amazing music and artists that are going to be playing. So, you know, it's not just all about him, but. But he really will so. be, it will be all about him on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Hopefully, I mean, I'm supposed to go too. I'm supposed to work it, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm trying to go week one though. <laughs> all right. Do you think he's going to drop new music before he com- before he uh, performs? No. Well, first of all, you, you don't even know if he's, you're thinking you don't even know if he's going to go. I know. If he's going to show up. So you don't think so? think so i mean you know he already had those other two singles what yeah. is it, in my room mm-hmm. and um dhl yeah dhl which were super dope freaking love dhl yeah um they're both really amazing songs um and different you know i think a lot of people like expected like oh my god like ready for another frank ocean album so i can like, cry too and i'm like no nah, i think he's on a different tip now um that sucks though <laughs> yeah. i was like, i want to continue to Damn cry it. but yeah but i really like those two songs um I don't think he's gonna drop any new music. Um, because I think I'm it's like, too late. I don't wanna. I don't wanna um, let myself down. You know. <laughs> yeah, you don't wanna like think that he is, and then he's not. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's February. Like I don't. I feel like he would have dropped music before, mm-hmm. and he didn't. So. Yeah. Here we are, just waiting for another ten years. And no, I'm just waiting. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna finally ship all his stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, what is it? He. What was what was the two songs that um, he shipped? I mean, he dropped. On, what is it called? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which is a San, Sanjo, Sango? I don't know how to say it. Sango or yeah, Sanjo yeah. Uh, remix. Because um, he was doing those, like, the prep nights in yeah. New York or something. Yeah. And so they have that remix song. Yeah, so he put that one out. And I want to say he put DHL out on vinyl. It was two. Really? Or yeah. In My Room. One of those. I don't know. Um, I bought both. And it was said shipped in eight to twelve weeks. It's been about like 
15, 16 weeks. So <laughs> Why I'm are like, we always waiting on Frank? I know. I was like, damn. And so I also bought a shirt, which, like, if you just bought the shirt by itself, you already got your shirt. Um, and But if you bought the shirt with the vinyl or, like, other anything? merch with the vinyl, you haven't gotten anything. So I'm like, Ugh. damn, like, are these giving my shirt? You I know. know. I want to wear it. I got, the, I got the white one with the pink. Um, so I'm waiting on that. Um, but then he also, like, recently did another drop of, like, other merch. Yeah. I didn't buy anything. I kind of wanted to buy, like, the sweatshirt and yeah. like, the, the um, I like the sweats. sweats yeah. yeah, but I didn't because I was like, damn, $180 for some Also, sweats. he hasn't shipped your other shit, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so hopefully he will soon. Honestly, the reason why we kind of prolonged um, doing our night was because we wanted those um, uh, records to be shipped. That sucks. Um, because it's like, you know, we want to play the new songs. new. Yeah, we want to play that new <laughs> new. Like last year too, like it took us a really long time to get Tyler's um, album out. Igor. Uh, Igor. Uh, Why on, did it take so long? I don't know. Just the process to print vinyl, I guess, is like, Ugh. takes a while. So I guess this segment is just going to be about Frank Ocean because uh, that's all we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, I just wanted to thank Marianne again. Thank you so much. For sitting down with me, for being down, for sharing your story, for opening up and just, man, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are going to learn a lot about you and your story, about like how you got here. And like, it wasn't always like the easiest. And I think, I think honestly, it's like looking at you, I'm like, man, like you, you're killing it. I had like, when I first met you, I had no idea you went through all that stuff. And it's amazing. You're such a strong mujer. And I love it. So thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And like I, we were talking about, I was really nervous. Uh, it's very hard for me to be vulnerable and share things about my life. I don't necessarily like to put my struggle on a pedestal. Not that I'm obviously doing that or we're doing that right now, but mm-hmm. it's hard to be vulnerable and yeah. you know talk about things that you've been through. Yeah, when it's hard, you know. Yeah. But um, thank you so much for giving me this platform to talk <laughs> about it and share. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Aww, I'm so excited. <laughs> She's my friend now. We're friends. By the way, we're friends now. <laughs> we're friends now. Finding friends when you're an adult is hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll just, you know, we don't know where we're going to see you next. You, I know there's a few events coming up, but in the future, there's going to be other ones. So can you just plug us with your Instagram so we can follow you? Yeah. So you can um, add me on Instagram uh, at que madre. Um, that's Q-U-E dot madre. Um, M-A-D-R-E. Uh, I have a SoundCloud too mm-hmm. if you want to listen to oh, some yeah, music. Mixes, yeah. um, I have those are really old though those mixes I haven't <laughs> done one in a while. Um, and I also have uh, Spotify which you know sometimes I put um, just music that I'm currently listening to uh, on there so you can listen to some playlists that I put together. Too. Yeah, awesome! Thank you so much. So follow her to to come and see her play coming to Frank Ocean Night or Nostalgia Night. I just call it Frank Ocean Night. It, it is what it is. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Growth Nostalgia is available on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud and google play make sure that you subscribe rate and re- leave a review a link can be found on instagram and follow us on instagram at growth period nostalgia that's g-r-o-w-t-h period n-o-s-t-a-l-g-i-a growth nostalgia totes are still available also shout out to everybody who bought one appreciate um the the direct link to purchase the tote bag is on the instagram as well um growth nostalgia is recorded in los angeles california logo created by adam gonzalez intro and outro music done by damar davis thank you guys so much for listening have a good one bye